Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. Liverpool survives, City thrives, and Everton stays alive. We're going to talk about which fan base should be the most satisfied with this season. We're also going to ask the question, which fan base should be the most excited for their future? And also, which fan base should be the most nervous? Norwich has been relegated. Fulham has been promoted. And we're going to look into the championship and preview who may be playing in the Premier League next season. Chris, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Nate? Not much, man. How you doing? Good. It good. was... Uh... It's a good day to watch some soccer today. Yeah, it was a good sports day for you. Yeah, it was a, yeah, other than my son's little league game which was disastrous, but in between was United dominating Brentford and then the Suns dominating the Mavericks. So it was great. Yeah, you got to love that. Well, it's happy for you for those two today. Um well, let's jump right into it. We don't have Tim with us, just the two of us back to but the Kemi old see, Oh, Kemi? Kemi, are you? Kemi? Kemi. Yeah. Remember uh, when the format of the show was that there was a neophyte that we were going to walk through the Premier League season with, uh, and then they were going to choose a team at the end? I do, actually. I think that's what makes our pod special, actually. That we don't ever fulfill, <laughs> like, or not ever. We did last year. Just this year, we're not fulfilling what we said we were going to do. Yeah. Well, remember, I had someone picked out for us, and I got overridden. Yeah, yeah I over, I overrode you with Kemi. Um, yeah, good call, good call, Kemi. We love you, though. We, we still do. love you. I think he told me he put it in his calendar that he's going to be there for the final match day morning and recording. <laughs> okay, so that should be good. Well, let's jump right into it. Um, Liverpool beats Newcastle one nil. I, that was an early morning match. I definitely didn't set my alarm for it. I actually was up late the night before I went and saw a movie and then woke up. I thought I would just sleep right through it, but I kind of woke up early, checked my phone and saw it was one, nothing. And I was like, dang, I should go watch these last 10 minutes just to, cause I'm sure it'll be a little nervy. And it was, but Liverpool gets the win city dominates. Um, are City or Liverpool going to drop a point, Chris? I know we've talked about this a little more, but has your opinion changed? Um, I mean, it just doesn't look like it. I think if Liverpool is going to drop a point, it's going to be this weekend coming up against Tottenham. Um, the rest of their schedule, no offense to everybody on there, including my own club, just doesn't look like they present much of a challenge to Liverpool. Tottenham's playing well, but we've kind of seen it before with them where they're just so up and down. Like you don't, I guess they've been a little bit more consistent lately, but uh, you just really don't know what to expect from them week in, week out. Um, whereas, you know, City kind of has just as easy of a schedule coming home, too. They've got Newcastle. Wolves. It is funny that Wolves play both these teams. So maybe your team could get their head out of their ass and maybe pull something off. Uh, City schedules a little bit harder with West Ham, Newcastle, and Wolves on there. So if I were picking one team to drop 
Well, and if you include the Champions League, they still have to play Real Madrid on Wednesday. True. Um, So no offense to Villarreal, but Madrid's a a better club. And so City does have have to contend with that. Yeah. And and this is kind of that interesting. I think we've kind of talked about this a little bit in the past, but we haven't actually seen it come into play where the team kind of at the top of the table is in Champions League and you're balancing what's more important. But we've never we haven't had a situation since we've done the pod where the team at the top of the table is only up by one point and playing the Champions League at the same time where they can't afford to just drop points and not have to worry about it. So kind of interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, and, and City only has a one goal lead on Madrid. So it's not like they can they can rest any players. Liverpool has a two goal lead on Villarreal. So it's, it's possible Liverpool could rest a couple of players in the first half. And if it's close or if someone, you know, if Villarreal scores the first goal of the match, they could potentially, you know, sub some guys in or play the opposite, start your best guys, you know, start your, your typical starting 11. And then if you go up three goals to nil on aggregate, you know, drop a player or, you know, sub a couple guys out. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. And if anybody didn't watch the first round of City versus Real Madrid, Dude. that game was so batshit crazy. Like you have to watch this next game. That game was so much fun. Yeah, this the aggregate could end eight eight. It really could, and it was awesome. Every every moment of that Champions League game was awesome. But I want Benzema it, to score four goals. <laughs> But if the question at the end of the day is who do I think is more likely to drop a point in the premier league, I would lean towards city dropping points. Ooh, interesting. I would go with Liverpool. So we'll see. Everton stayed alive this weekend uh, with a huge victory over Chelsea, really shaking up the, the, bottom relegation zone Burnley with a huge victory. They were down one nil to Watford. They came back to win two, one, they scored two goals in the final 10 minutes of that match. Burnley's got some special juice going on right now. (laughs) They're now up to 16th place. Um, Everton's still in 18, but they've got a game in hand and tragically, I mean, really tragically Leeds only is up two points on on Everton right now and definitely are looking in the rear view mirror. No doubt. Um, I mean, that is a cluster. The th- those three teams basically battling it to see who gets out of 18th. Um, I'm very worried for Leeds United. Yeah, I am very, too. Um, they don't have an easy ending here <laughs> playing Arsenal, Chelsea, Brighton, and Brentford. Yep. Um, they're going to have to really turn it on. Like you understand when they lose to city four, no talked about it before styles make fights that applies to the pitch as well. Um, teams like United, Liverpool city, they're going to usually blow out leads. Um, just because of that style and things could change with, with Jesse Marsh taking over. Um, but be, especially Bielsa style. Um, now if Bielsa had, you know, the high end talent that those clubs have, 
it would be super fun to see how that plays out. But that being said, uh, you understand them dropping the game to City this weekend, but they're going to need to turn it on. They're going to need to turn it on quick or they could be right back in the championship next year. Yeah, which would just be tragic on so many levels. I mean, obviously Leeds is a is a pod favorite and Jesse Marsh really has done a good job with that club and it would just be a shame for him to do well and still have them get relegated. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, their next match is against Chelsea. Chelsea has not looked good. No. This week. So hopefully that form keeps up for Leeds and they can steal three points. Um, but man, <laughs> that is, yeah, that is, a, that is a burner there at the bottom with Burnley Leeds and Everton. And just when Everton was ready to go night, night, they come out of nowhere and get that victory over the weekend. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see like basically every, it feels like almost every match over the weekend, though though there's not, and we'll talk about this later, though there's not clear like match of the week. um, Although I think there is one that stands out, you know, all, it seems like almost all the matches have some sort of implication either on the title race or relegation or champions league. You know, it's very, it's very exciting here. Yeah. As we come to the end of the season. Yeah. Which is what you hope for at the beginning of the year. I mean, you want to race and I, I mean, as sad as it is, you want the race at the top and the bottom just because it makes it fun and interesting. Totally. Yeah, totally. Okay. So you just hinted at it, Chelsea, you hinted at, hinted at Chelsea's kind of poor form of late. Um, they've only got six points out of their last five matches a couple losses, a draw. Um, they, they haven't looked that good. And as I was thinking about Chelsea recently, I started in knowing how I feel about wolves, how you feel about United, how the relegation team certainly feel Leicester city, having a down year West Ham, like barely hanging on for a, you know, a conference league position. It got me wondering outside of city and Liverpool, which team or which fan base should be feel the most satisfied who should feel like, cause it feels like a, there's a lot of unsatisfied. If I'm a Chelsea fan, there's obviously the ownership issues. Plus this really weird form of play. There's lots of teams that have lots of problems, but Chris, which fan base should feel the most satisfied with this season outside of Liverpool and, and city? Yeah. So I, I've got this down to three, three clubs. So my three clubs that I think should feel the most satisfied in this season. Um, I'll start with Newcastle uh, for them to be sitting at 10th after kind of another Newcastle terrible start. But then as the season went on, new billionaire ownership comes in uh, already making, you know, mid season transfer moves to benefit the squad. So um, if I'm a Newcastle supporter, I'm super pumped, super excited, loving where this is going. So they're on my radar. Uh, and the other two, uh, I would say are Arsenal and Tottenham, um, 
for them to be sitting fourth and fifth. And I think it's, they're pretty clear fourth and fifth right now. Um, United doesn't have the games left and, you know, the playing ability right now to, to catch them. So I think for those two squads to be battling for that four or five spot uh, is really good for them. I would be very excited if I were either of those fans. And I think I'm leaning more towards if I'm a fan of these clubs, I think, Spurs fans should probably feel the best about their season. Uh, if for no other reason than their latest form that they're, they're playing right now and how good they're, they're looking and can, you know, pretty consistently playing good ball, but for how their season started uh, to be where they're at right now, you've got to be jazzed like nobody's business. If they hadn't started out so poorly, they'd probably be sitting in fourth by a couple points right now. Yeah, I, I had three teams that were interesting to me as well, as far as satisfaction goes. So um, I had Brentford in there. I think Brentford pretty much 40 points is the safety zone. Uh, They got to 40 points last week. So after 33 match weeks, so basically with five match weeks left, they were in the safety zone. And I think if I'm Brentford, really small club, um, to get promoted last year and then to stay up, but not even just to stay up, but be the best, you know, of the promote the newly promoted clubs. I think if I'm a Brentford supporter, I'm very satisfied. You know, they, they're going to probably finish, you know, anywhere from as low as 15, but they could get as high as 11, maybe. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a pretty pretty solid log jam between nine and 15. And so I think if I'm a Brentford fan, I'm really excited and satisfied with this season. Um, I also have Arsenal. I think if I'm Arsenal, you've got a young squad, you're sitting at fourth, you're in a champions league spot. I think if I'm Arsenal fan, if I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm, I'm very excited for what's to come, but also really satisfied that, we're, there's a good chance we're playing champions league football next year. And then the other team is Brighton Brighton. If I'm a Brighton fan, they started off really hot and they were in, you know, European contention for a long time. And then they had a really hard run of form where they just really struggled. Um, but they've taken 10 points out of their last five matches Um And they have 44 points, which is the most points. They have 44 points and 10 victories, which is the most points and victories they've ever had in a premier league season. And so if I'm Brighton, if I'm a Brighton fan, I'm probably really satisfied with the way this season has gone. Yeah, I agree. So then a little bit of a nuance on that, um, is the question which fan base should be most excited for the future. So that adds a little bit of a wrinkle. Cause I think if you're, you know, Brighton or Brentford, I don't know, maybe you, there, there's still some hesitation that gosh, can we perform this well again next year? Um, so, so which team, which fan base do you think should be most excited about the future? For me, there's only one squad that fits this bill, and it's Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, I I had Newcastle and Arsenal on that list as well. Um, but if I'm an if new if I'm a Newcastle fan, 
and I'm thinking holistically about the world, <laughs> there's got to be a little piece in the back of my mind that isn't really stoked about my ownership group, even though they're going to splash cash. Um, there is some dubious morality <laughs> behind that, you know, ownership group. And so I'd probably give it to Arsenal in this one. All right. Fair enough. So now going to the other end of the spectrum, Chris, which fan base should be most nervous about their future. So don't include the relegation teams. Those teams are nervous for obvious reasons. So I would say leave Burnley, Burnley down out of it. So Burnley leads Everton, Watford, Norwich, everyone from 15 up who should be the most nervous about their future. This question could also maybe be like, which team could, could, is in danger of relegation in the 22, 23 season. Okay. That kind of changes things a little bit. Um, because if, if I'm a fan, the squad that I am most nervous supporting right now, just because of the circumstances that this club is facing is mm. Chelsea. Mm. And yeah. right. Like Chelsea came from nowhere, right? Abramovich, bought them and just dumped billions into them because he wanted to have a championship football club that he owned. Chelsea has been good because of his commitment to that club with him essentially being forced out because of the Russia Ukraine war. um, Everything is in peril. Right. And we just don't, we don't know who the next owners are going to be. There's, it sounds like it's probably going to be like this LA conglomerate of like, Dodgers owners and a bunch of other people buying this team. Gross. But what we've seen is that the American owners typically are all about the profit. And Chelsea, maybe, maybe I'm overstepping what I know. They're not necessarily the most profitable club around. And in fact, I think Abramovich was like maybe losing money owning them because of how he ran them and because he didn't care about the monetary losses he wanted a championship football club so all that to say i'm nervous as if i'm a chelsea supporter because you just don't know what the next six months are going to look like and if an american ownership group comes in that's like this big conglomerate of a bunch of millionaires like that has just danger written all over it and with Chelsea kind of not really being able to sign new players and all, and all that stuff. There's just a whole lot of question marks. So from the standpoint of like what fan base do I think should be most nervous heading into next season? And that's not to say, I think Chelsea is going to get relegated next season, but there's just so much going on there that no one knows. And it's the unknown that makes us nervous. Yeah, that's great. I think that's, that's a great response. And I hadn't even really considered Chelsea mostly because this question was self-serving in some ways (laughs) in that I think there are two clubs that should be really nervous and they are the West Midlands clubs of Aston Villa and Wolverhampton Wanderers. And here's why Aston Villa spent so much money to improve their squad and they really haven't improved. They're sitting at 13th, um, They got a victory this weekend over Norwich, but before that they had only gotten a point out of their previous four. Um, They, I mean, they're a part of this middle bunch that 
realistically could finish anywhere from 10th to 15th. But they have spent so much money and have not improved as a club and maybe even regressed from last year that it's just probably not sustainable. And so I think Aston Villa should be, should be worried. Wolves sitting at eighth is, I honestly like don't know how it's even possible. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how they can be sitting in eighth place. And it's possible that they're not going to end up there. They might not get another point for the rest of the season. They play Chelsea, Liverpool, and City, and Norwich. And I think I get three points. (laughs) I'm not even joking, Chris. The way they played against Burnley and Brighton is some of the least impassioned, lackluster, toothless play. And it feels like there's also some rumblings that there's some infighting among the wolves that Bruno may have lost the locker room, um, that there's some tactical concerns. Like the players are questioning his tactics. Um, and there's a lot of players that are up in the air, you know, supposedly Ruben Neves is going to be sold. Um, we, I have no, Fosin hasn't proved anything during the three years that I've been a fan or four years that I've been a fan that they're willing to spend money. Um, they've also been under financial fair play regulations because of Europe. So I don't, I know that plays a role. I just don't know how much that's an excuse or not. Mm-hmm. So if they're able to sell Neves for 60 to 80 million, I'm not sure that they're going to do what Aston Villa even did and reinvest that in three other players. We have a couple other key players who are out. We can't score. Raul's not the same player he once was. Um, We have 33 goals this season. And that's that's third worst, uh, fourth worst. Burnley, Watford, and Norwich all have less goals than Wolves. You've played more games than goals scored. Yeah, I saw someone say, I think I think their season tickets were like 900 pounds or something or 990 pounds. And they're like, I've paid 30 pounds a goal. <laughs> or maybe they base it off home. Maybe that's, I don't think the ticket, season tickets are that expensive. I think whatever half that is, however many home goals they've scored, they calculated that they've scored 30 pounds. That's so funny. honestly, I mean, I just don't know. I honestly have no idea what that team will look like. Um, and it could be the type of thing where they, they sell it. We sell our best player, let a other, couple other players walk and don't reinvest and are even worse this year, which again, eighth probably looks great if you're sitting in the middle of the table and Wolves theoretically still could make the conference league you know, if they were to somehow jump West Ham, but um, yeah, it's, those are the two teams I would be most nervous about. Yeah. And I know like, maybe this applies to us more so than a lot of fans. A lot of fans are pretty delusional about their clubs, but like, I feel like we're rather realist about our clubs and how they're doing and what they look like. So 
you know, but with that comes the reality that we're probably a little bit more critical of our own teams too, at the same time. So like wolves never came up in my mind of even thinking about being nervous of possibly looking at relegation next year, but I do love your thoughts on Aston Villa. I think the most interesting thing about them is, you know, considering how much money they spent this season and they got worse. And um, if you, it makes it, I was thinking about it while you were talking about them, but if they could go back to last summer, do you think they would just have a complete do over and just say, Hey, we're going to keep Jack Graylish. And do you think Jack Graylish is like, no, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and stay at Aston Villa because totally that dude went from being one of the best players in the league to he scored two goals and only 23 appearances this year in the, in the premier league. So he's not even playing that much. He has two goals, two assists. He has one goal in the Champions League. So he's got three goals and 31 appearances for Manchester City, who's, you know, played 45-ish games already. So he's only playing half their matches and he's doing nothing in them. Um, For a $100 million guy, that's not getting your money's worth. Well, yeah, you got to wonder, a guy at the top of his, like, career, yeah. Is that where he wants to be? And, and again, you and I haven't been fans long enough to really have seen a player move like this. I think Lukaku is similar. Yeah. But Lukaku had all the chances in the world at the beginning of the season. And now he's not getting playing time. Grealish has just kind of been in and out of the squad. Hasn't really started. I don't know how many games started, but probably not very many no. uh, in, in premier league. And so, um, I don't know. I think this is something that'll be interesting to see. Does Grealish like just being there and cashing his checks and playing when he comes on or, you know, would he push for a move because he wants to be the man again and move to a, a little bit of a smaller club? Yeah. It's the age old question. Would you, is it better to be a big fish in a small pond or a small or a small, yeah, fish that's right. in a big pond. Yeah. You know, and for him, it looks like it was better to be that big fish in a small pond. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, we're going to take a minute, Chris, and talk about the championship and uh, what's going on down there, as well as uh, the relegation that's already happened, which Norwich, Pookie, once again, we must say goodbye to. Unless the Premier League team snatches him up, Wolves could use a goal scorer. Uh, true, but, uh, Norwich got officially relegated Watford would have to win the rest of their matches. And I think everyone else would have to lose. They have to have a perfect storm. So Watford's mostly relegated. So who can we expect to see, uh, coming up next year? Well, Fulham today, they won seven nil. And they secured promotion as well as Mitrovic. I don't know if you remember him. He scored. Oh shoot. I'm going to forget. I think his 46th goal (laughs) this season, which set a record for the championship. Pretty impressive. You know what's going to be crazy is next season when Fulham's in the premier league and Leeds are not. And Kyle's just going to be crying at his desk every day. Oh my gosh, seriously, that'll be tragic. <laughs> so Fulham is coming up. They've clinched the league. Uh, and then in second place, 
Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest is in third. There's three points separating them, and they play tomorrow a makeup match. Oh, wow. So, and Forest has a plus one goal differential lead. So, if Forest should win, they would move into that second spot, which is the other uh, automatic promotion. So, just as a reminder for our fellow neophytes, for the English League Championship, the top two teams win automatic promotion. And then teams three through six play in a playoff. And the winner of that four-team playoff gets the third slot. So this bat- match tomorrow, which there's a good chance I'm going to watch that match instead of uh, Liverpool via Real. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm all about parity. And so I'm hoping that Bournemouth does not come up. I'd love to see Forrest get that, uh, Nottingham Forest get that automatic promotion and then let Bournemouth, then that would put Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Town. Uh, they've they've also clinched uh, playoff positions. And then it is a battle between Sheffield United, Luton Town, Middlesbrough, and Millwall to fit, fill those final two spots. So Mill, Millwall's looking on, on the outside looking in. There's only one match week. That's kind of why I'm bringing this up now. Uh, Saturday, I think is their final match week of the year. So Millwall needs some help. They're three points behind the team in sixth place. So Sheffield United and Luton town would have to lose Millwall would have to win Middlesbrough would have to lose. So they need or or draw. So they need a lot of help. Um, so it should be interesting. I'm hoping for some parody, which would mean since we've been following a team other than Bournemouth, Huddersfield or Sheffield United to make the premier league. Yeah. And it's, uh, Bournemouth got relegated in at the end of the 1920 season. So that was like our second year. Yeah, I think so. I think second year on the pod. Yeah. That was the year Liverpool ran away from everybody. Um, Huddersfield town, I think was promoted, was relegated our first year. And I think they had the least, I think they had the least points in the history of of Premier League, if I remember correctly. It was like seventeen. <laughs> it was like seventeen points or something that they had. That's crazy. I was yeah. I was kind of flipping through because I wanted to see how high Bournemouth had finished in the league, and it looks like a couple of years ago they got all the way up to ninth was their best finish I had seen, but they weren't in the league in 14, 15, they got promoted that season. So their first season, it was 15, 16, got as high as nine. And then they got relegated in 1920. Um, but as I was kind of looking through that, man, the premier league in 2014, 2015 included the following teams, eighth place, Swansea, ninth place, Stoke city, nice 13th place, West Brom, 16th place Sunderland. And then the three relegated squads that year were whole city Burnley and QPR queen parks Rangers. Dude. Yeah. So it's kind of wild seeing some of these teams on here because one, two, three, four, five have not come back up into the premier league since we've been following in the last four years. Totally. And this list only goes back six seasons. So it's not like it's crazy. Yeah. Well, that Bournemouth team 
there's a couple names that will sound familiar for me. One of those Bournemouth teams, Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah. Nathan Ake, who's now with uh, City. Um, who Tyrone Mings? Yeah, for Aston Villa, that that team was actually pretty good. I remember, I remember enjoying that team. And and Ryan Frazier, he's on Newcastle now. Um, Callum Wilson, yeah, they had Joshua King. They had a good, they had a good squad. That was that was interesting. Just kind of goes to show those lower, you know, the lower level teams you know, they have to nail their player movement. Yep. Right. Like they have to be successful on who they let go and how much they take in for them, but all the, at the same time, finding good fair value replacements for them. That's the hardest part. Yep. And Huddersfield town that year, 16 points, three wins, seven draws, That's 20 good, right? losses, <laughs> negative 54 uh, goal differential. Now I will say this about the championship. I think they do it right. I love the top two auto promotion and then the 14 tournament. I think that that 14 tournament is like one of the best things ever. I love it too. I think, I don't remember if it's Serie A or maybe the German league or maybe both. They do a, and I would, I think this is a, this would be a good way to do it too. They do a playoff between the relegated one of the relegated teams from the top tier and one of the promoted teams of the bottom tier and they play each other and the winner gets to go up. Oh, wow. So even if you get relegated, you potentially could stay up. Yeah. It's called like the relegation playoffs. So it'd be like whoever finishes 18, like Everton would end up playing whoever finishes third. Yeah. Or maybe whoever wins the promotion playoff then would get a chance to play the 18 team leads and the winner gets to go into the top tier. That's pretty fun. Yeah, that is fun. So that'll be some stuff to, to keep our eye on as we, as the championship season winds up. Yeah. I was going to say, we spend enough time talking about the championship. It's (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, we don't need to talk about the wolves loss. It was, I've already kind of talked about wolves enough, but um, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about Manchester United. Cause I watched that match today and I watched the, the lead in. And did you know that they're on track to have the worst premier league season in their history? I did not know that. <laughs> they, they're, <laughs> Their worst season was 2013-14. I think they said it was the year after Sir Alex Ferguson left. Um, they scored. They had 64 points. So I think they have to win out to get to 64 points. So, so they're on track to have their uh, second worst or tie their worst season ever. But most likely they're the least amount of points they've scored in the Premier League. Yeah, so it's up to. They're at wow. fifty-five right now with three matches to go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just looking at this like, wait, what? How did this season go so sideways so quickly? Um, yeah, I didn't know that that was their would would put them on pace for their lowest point total ever. Um, yeah, and as far as Harry goes, who cares? 
Um, he is injured. He has a knee injury. Could require surgery in the offseason. So he's he'll be out for the rest of the season in the next three games. Um yeah, I don't I I mean that's a great summation of this season for United. Um worst season that they've had, and yet they're still sitting in sixth place somehow. Just it's crazy, it's wild. But like I said, bring on the offseason. Let's see what Eric Ten Hag can do and let's see what kind of transfers and the way they shape up. Um, it's pretty wild still to see Ronaldo scoring every game he plays. Crazy. It, it is. I mean, today was on a PK, but he drew the PK. So, dude, um, and that he is so good at PKs. I don't know why Bruno's taking any. His run up and the power, which he, oh I mean, gosh. it is, there's like no doubt he is going to score the freaking yeah. penalty. And like, I mean, you can watch that PK from today, but like no goal in the world is stopping that. Even no. if, even if you guess right and you dive right, the power no. he puts on that, you're not getting over there no. getting that ball stopped. Um, the Bruno thing, I think they wanted, he wanted Bruno to take the PK that last week um, to try and get Bruno's confidence up. He hadn't scored in like six matches um, and kind of a down year for Bruno. Um started out amazing and then kind of tailed off. But I think that was more like trying to pick him up. And then he ends up scoring today anyways on a really yeah. nice pass from Alonga. But um yeah, that yeah. was a great pass. Yeah. Just a disaster of a season for United. So hopefully, hopefully next year is better, obviously, but hopefully they are wise. I'm really interested. Like if there's any hope at the Glazers actually leaving town, like, do you think there's, there's another little uh yeah little the walkout at the 73rd minute today uh which is funny because ronaldo scored the pk at the 73rd minute that is funny ronaldo gave a little clap off at the end of the match did you see that no it seemed like you should watch it because it it seemed like the type of Saying thing goodbye. someone does who's when they're saying goodbye Supposedly, um, there's there's rumors he could be heading back to Real Madrid. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's kind of like that's the stuff I find so fascinating about soccer is like, are they allowed to be talking with other clubs already? Like like in, you know, in the NBA or the NFL or Major League Baseball, like you're under contract until that season's over. You can't talk to anybody. And even once the season ends, you still can't talk to anybody until there's like the designated time in which you're allowed to. So, but it seems like these soccer clubs are always working deals. They're always working transfers, always working new contracts with free agents. So um, I guess there's not really like a governing of that sort of a thing. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm guessing there is no governing because in some ways for the club itself, because they can sell the player, they're probably having lots of conversations, right? Because they need to figure out like, they don't want to let a player get to the last year of their contract without a new contract. You know, they don't want to lose a player for free. So you got to imagine they, they, in some ways they want some of that to happen to ensure they get some sort of fee from a player. Yeah. Is Ronaldo under contract at all? Or is is this just a dead year? He'll go on a free. Yeah, they they gave him a one year twenty five million dollar deal when they bought him, so it would be a free move. 
Yeah, Manchester United's a team that I think will look quite a bit different next year. I think Wolves are going to look quite a bit different, and I think Manchester United will look quite a bit different next year. Indeed, I agree. Well, let's do a little American watch. Jesse Marsh, a little controversial, that after a 4-0 loss to City was clapping and like pumping up the crowd. And so I've seen a couple different things about, and I didn't watch the match, so I can't, I don't know how well they played, but you know, I've heard some criticism of it. I heard uh, one of the commentary, I think Lee Dixon uh, was, was comment commentating the match. He said, being here and seeing the, how well they played and how like hard the team was working. He's like, it makes sense to me. He's like, typically I wouldn't think a coach should ever be clapping off his team after a four nil loss, but he's like, they played really hard. It felt like he's trying to like motivate the fans to stick with them. Um, But thought that was kind of, kind of interesting over the weekend. I didn't see it, but I mean, look, I coach little league, nine-year-old, 10-year-old baseball, and I'm all about the encouragement. So keep going, Jesse, keep it up. Leeds is basically a nine, 10 minor little league, minor league team. For sure. Does that make Kyle a baseball mom? Yes. All right, cool. It does. Um, Pulisic came on. He's not starting, but he came on again, but was not able to affect that result with, with Chelsea and Everton. So not much in the way of American watch this week. Yeah. Uh, they brought him on late against United in the midweek too. And no, no go. They may want to just try starting him considering how they're playing right now. Yeah. Well, they can wait because they play wolves over the weekend. Okay. Go ahead and wait a week guys. Well, they can. I don't know. Just as long as they draw or lose. Yeah. I have no hope of that, by the way, but other than the fact that Wolves, for some reason, play crappy teams poorly and good teams well, that maybe they'll show up over the weekend. There you go. Uh, Goal of the week, I thought it was Sonny. He put in a strike from distance up into the upper left-hand corner. Beautiful, beautiful goal. Yeah, I don't – I'm actually watching Sun's goal right now. Um, because I don't really, I didn't see a ton of the other matches, so I don't have like a very affirmative grasp on all the good goals that could have come out this week. But Sons is Sons is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> you can just take my word for it. Yeah. All right. What else? What else we got? Save of the week, uh, Pickford played out of his mind. As much as I hate to say it, because I really don't like that guy. He's my the keeper on my all-villain team. But yes, uh, he played out of his mind. He had a save. He had this amazing double save where he dives to his right, makes a save. It, then it ricochets kind of around. It gets kicked out back to his left. He gets up and back dives back the other way and makes another save, and then and then later in the match takes one just I mean point blank rocket to the face. 
you got to look it up <laughs> if you haven't seen it. I mean, he just neck snaps back. I mean, it is <laughs> as much as I don't like him. It is like such a badass save <laughs> to just, he goes full extension straight at the guy and just right to the freaking face really <laughs> fast. It's a, it's a great save. It might, I mean, it really, it might be my save of the year because it was <laughs> maybe because I also don't like him. Maybe that's why, like he took one to the face. I'm There's impressed so much by pleasure it. in the whole sequence. <laughs> There's pleasure in it. I'm also impressed. I'm like good on you. Like that's a good, good save ballsy aggressive but pick pickford probably i mean if everton stays up it was because pickford saved their season against chelsea well let's move into the lock it in review chris took brentford over united in his moment of despair and that was not right it worked it worked how dare you tell me it's not right it worked. It was not right, but it worked for you. That drops you to 17 and 17. I took City over Leeds. That took me to 20 and 14. You left the door open for Tim to take Liverpool over Newcastle, which he did. You're that welcome. moves him to 23 and 11. Um, there's three match weeks left. I am down three. I need a miracle comeback. Uh, Chris, who are you taking this week? Well, against my better judgment, I decided to be real this week. And I'm taking Liverpool over Tottenham. Nice. I like it. Um, I am taking City over Newcastle. And Tim texted us, not to my face, like a man. He's taking <laughs> Chelsea over Wolves. Which he I don't did- in his defense, he did say, I'm sorry, Nate. He did. He did. He did. He's he, very. As a gentleman, he apologized as he just wiped your face in it. Well, it's a good pick. I don't. Blame. I don't know. Chelsea's not exactly playing good. No, they're not. But Wolves, and really, the only reason I think Wolves could get a point is because they play good teams well for some yeah. reason. Well, I think, you know, looking honestly, Chelsea is locked in the third. They're not getting up to first or second, and they're not dropping out of the top four. They have nothing to play for. So this is exactly how you would expect them to look right now. And Wolves are somewhat in the same position. I mean, it's really unlikely that they're going to jump West Ham um, with the matches Wolves have ahead of them. I mean, honestly, four points feels like the best Wolves could do. If we got a draw against one of the top three teams and we beat Norwich, I would be happy with that. So, yeah. We've already kind of hinted at all of these matches, but for matches of the week, City plays Madrid. They're up 4-3 in aggregate. Liverpool plays Villarreal. They're up 2-0 on aggregate. That's the Champions League semifinals. Second leg this, this week, Liverpool plays tomorrow. City plays on Wednesday. And it could be that we get a city Liverpool rematch to close out the soccer football season, which would be really fun, especially if this race goes down to the wire as well. But for premier league, I, I think the match of the week is Liverpool Tottenham. Um, Those are certainly the best two teams that are facing each other for the week. Yep. That is definitely the match of the week. Um, It's obvious. Oh, go ahead. 
I was gonna say, unless you're just super glued into the relegation battle, <clears throat> Burnley, Aston Villa, and then Everton and Leicester City are are playing. Uh, and sadly, we have to include Leeds in this discussion who play at Arsenal. So um, we could be talking next week and Leeds could be an 18th. They really could be. And I think, I mean, I think that's what makes this season fun is, you know, we've got three match weeks left and there are a lot of matches that have a lot of implications. And so it should be a fun weekend. I agree. It should be a fun week. Those, those champions league matches have been something else. So they have been, I'm going to be watching the championship. I'm going to be watching Bournemouth, Nottingham, Nottingham Forest on ESPN plus tomorrow at 11. Actually, I might be able, huh, I'll be able to watch an hour of that match and then switch on over to champions league, maybe bounce back and forth, depending on who scores first in the Liverpool Real match. <laughs> Yeah, if Liverpool scores first, just turn it off. Yeah. And actually, that presumes I don't have meetings, which I usually do have meetings all day Tuesday. So sucks to be a professional. Sucks to be a professional. Well, any other last minute thoughts, Chris? Um, not that I can think of. I did think of something like 30 seconds ago and it's already gone. So it's um, late. Too bad, so sad. Too bad, so sad. Well, in honor of the uh, protests in front of Old Trafford, to, Old Trafford <laughs> today, Glazers out. And Putin out. Okay.